Well, I know that for many of you here, Monday Thursday is your favorite liturgy of the Christian year. Its solemnity encompasses what we know to be true about the seriousness of life. Its ancient liturgy reminds us that we are in a great company of Christians who have come before us for centuries. Its beauty testifies to the beauty of love itself, even when it appears almost to have been extinguished by the forces of evil that would have tried to undo it. The service, or at least this scripture, begins with the promise of Jesus holding all things in his hands, given to him by his Father. And then we walk with him as he washes his disciples' feet in this act of surprising, loving service. And then he instructs his followers to love one another in the way that he has loved them. And after the sweet consolation of communion, which we don't hear about in the Gospel of John, but we do in the other Gospels, after the sweet consolation of that Last Supper, the liturgy concludes with the account of Jesus in the garden and the stripping of the altar, after which we leave in the dark, reenacting the movements of the first disciples on the night of Jesus' betrayal and arrest. Each of us brings our own lived out life to this night. We bring the events of this day, the troubles we have endured, the sins we have committed against others, and the sins others have committed against us. We even bring the memories of our long ago childhoods. And into this lived experience, we form the context in which we make sense of what is happening, what was done by God for us on this night. From the context of your lived out life, when you heard the scriptures that were read tonight, I wonder what was the part that sent a shiver of hope up your spine. Because we do not reenact this night in order to despair. We reenact this night so that we remember the gravity of sin, so that we are realistic about our own participation in it, and so we see how it is that our God defeats the powers of evil so unexpectedly with his love. We reenact this night out of hope in the power of God's love. Love seems like such a feeble superpower. I looked up possible superpowers today. I mean, who would choose love over traveling at the speed of lightning, night vision, teleportation, superhuman strength, 
the ability to fly on a flying horse. Quite honestly, I would have to exercise great restraint to choose love over a flying horse. But love is the power that God demonstrates in Jesus. And it is a human, vulnerable love. Jesus gets tired. He's exasperated with his slow-witted disciples. He feels pain. He experiences joy of friendship, and then he feels utter abandonment and despair. God entrusts all things to his beloved son, the human loving person of Jesus. And by his love, Jesus wins once for all the battle over sin and death. I imagine that it was love that sent a shiver of hope up your spine. Perhaps the verse in the Gospel of John when it says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Perhaps that struck you as pertaining not only to those disciples then, but to you here now. The word in Greek that is translated end means both to the finish and to the uttermost. Jesus loves you to the uttermost. And then Jesus demonstrates what that sort of uttermost love is like. He washes the disciples' feet, including the feet of Judas Iscariot, who will betray him. Jesus loving his enemy in a most extraordinary way. Perhaps that is what gave you hope, that Jesus doesn't just teach about loving our enemies, he does it. Or perhaps it was the shockingly humble sort of love that Jesus demonstrates in the foot washing. Nowadays, because the church enacts this ritual regularly, it's probably lost some of its original shock and even humility. One can be seen washing another's feet and know that one is making a statement. And there could be a sort of, well, pride in that but not so when Jesus first did it. It was simply an act of profound, humble service, like washing somebody else's dirty laundry or tenderly wiping the mouth of someone who is too ill or too young to wipe it themselves. And after giving us this example of humble service, Jesus has that interesting conversation with Peter in which he hints that the foot washing is an outward sign of a much more significant work that Jesus will do for Peter and all of us later, out of that same loving humility. It will be to clean Peter up on the inside, which Jesus will accomplish mysteriously by dying on the cross. And Jesus explains that Peter will need to receive that act of humble service in order to be one of his own, in order to be one of the forgiven ones. 
We all know that the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. But it doesn't mention something that is equally true, which is that it is often harder to receive than give. Some of you here tonight are very comfortable giving. But like Peter, you squirm a bit at receiving. Well, there's no way around it. The receiving needs to happen. Otherwise, we end up dry and bitter. No amount of giving can offset our need for Jesus, who first loved us. Tonight, we begin to receive the tender, humble love that Jesus offers us as we imagine him washing our feet. Now, after he washed the disciples' feet, Jesus told them that they would need to follow his example. Humble, loving service isn't just an option of the Christian life. It defines the Christian life. And there is always room to grow in its downward trajectory. I'm reminded of the story, if you give a mouse a cookie, you know, if you give a mouse a cookie, it always asks for a glass of milk. And then after it has the glass of milk, it thinks it kind of needs something else and something else. And, and pretty much the whole kitchen is in disarray because of all the things that have been given to that mouse. Well, when we consent to the pattern of growing in humility and loving service, well, we will be surprised at all the things that will be asked of us. It's a very counter-cultural progression, but humility just asks us more and more, and you see that in the life of Jesus, you know? Descending into human form, descending into being a servant, descending even to exchange his life for ours on the cross. But on the other hand, that journey into humble service rewards us more than we ever could have hoped, even in this life. Tonight you have come with all the experience of your actual life. And into that life, the scriptures have spoken hope. The hope that God's love, as seen in Jesus, is to the uttermost, meaning it includes you, quite personally and specifically. Jesus' love includes you. But that is not all. There are two other things that are actually required. Nobody likes that word. But if I substituted suggestion, suggested, it actually doesn't match what the scripture says. One of the required things is to receive the cleansing ministry of Jesus. If you haven't done it already, receive what he has claimed for you. Tell him tonight, thank you for loving me to the uttermost. And the other required thing, find ways in your life to show humble service. I'm sure you're already doing it, but more ways. Find more ways to show humble service.
for that will please God as much as if you had done it for his own dear son.